You're listening to State Change, an interview series inspired by the emerging decentralization phenomenon. Intellectual property arrangements in the music industry can be incredibly complex. This is both the result and the cause of the numerous intermediaries that sit between the listener and the artist. Ujo aims to solve the problem for the benefit of all. Jesse Grushek explains. When we started Ujo last year, we all had the vision that the music industry was broken. It was a common belief we all shared, whether from working in the industry or the news that was online, we really all you know, have the same idea that the artists aren't being paid fairly. There's too many intermediaries involved, too many people extracting value without providing an equal or larger value in return. So we set out to kind of examine what's broken in the music industry and how we can apply blockchain technology to fix that. And we published a manifesto of sorts last summer describing called Music is Broken. And this describes the, some of the issues in the music industry because the pipes that run the music industry are over 100 years old. Uh, and we published this at theproblem.wtf. That was the URL. And it drummed up a little bit of interest, but it really it drummed up more interest within the industry as a whole. And uh, Imogen Heap, a Grammy award-winning UK artist who has shared a lot of these beliefs and has her own beliefs as what to why the music industry is broken, saw this and was like, great, there's a bunch of people crazy enough as I am that understand this, and it seems like they understand certain technologies enough to fix it. After Imogen came to us, she gave us kind of some specs that she wanted in this prototype, and we set out to build basically a proof of concept describing her vision and showing the impact that this technology and the possibilities and the capabilities that the Ethereum blockchain can provide for the music industry. And so last October, we've released the Tiny Human demo to the world, and you were able to purchase the Tiny Human with Ether, which you could then would then receive in return the download or MP3 file, as well as a license that you own that file. And the licensing and payments was all done through the Ethereum blockchain, and it was all done automatically as soon as the user sent payment to Imogen or to the song rather. So once it was processed, they would then be split apart to the appropriate parties and everything was done automatically and instantly. So forget about the two-year waiting period you have to wait when you get about royalties. We're looking at a potential of instant payments that you're enabling through the Ethereum blockchain. And by that, I mean, we can show that if the artist decides that they want to publish the stems of the track, meaning certain instruments or vocals, then perhaps a producer or someone that a DJ or someone that would want to either remix the song or use pieces of the song for some other to layer over another track, they would be able to do that quite easily. So it's enabling, it's creating new value where value is already, or instruments are already existing, but it's allowing people to be compensated fairly for their efforts instead of people just ripping off tracks. And this is kind of what led to SoundCloud taking down a lot of songs because you had remixes and unlicensed works being published under the improper accounts and they weren't able to compensate artists fairly. Okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense because and because SoundCloud has recently signed with a bunch of labels and they're now um, taking down content, aren't they? Absolutely. So 
the problem becomes that when you upload content to the internet, there's not necessarily an owner for it. And so they were taking down content because it was unlicensed works. So it was being paid the wrong, they were paying the wrong people essentially for advertising. But recently SoundCloud as well as Apple have signed deals to basically scan the tracks, do audio fingerprinting, and then hopefully pay out the appropriate parties. Okay, that does sound a bit uh, a bit sloppy though, doesn't it? It gets a bit messy um, as well, because in the music industry, you have to realize that there's so many different parties involved. So there's so much different paper and there's really just a lot of manual labor needed, even though these systems are digitalized. You know, you still every step of the way, you still have to have printout paper and you have people comparing Excel spreadsheets and matching tracks to artists. And it's, it's really just kind of a mess that could all be done. We can really automate this process to enable a more efficient system. Cool. And so what's the uh, so what's the state of the project now and what are your next steps toward making it a reality? So right now the project is really in a research period and we're working on building out the next version. So while we're talking about legacy systems as well as licensing and content management, we're also building tools to help artists and enable artists to remove some of these players and create the value for themselves. You're and so you're working with legacy players. Uh, are, are you looking to? Because it sounds we hear a lot about solutions to issues with the music industry, and uh, and you see them as these kind of these grand reinventions of of this huge system that al- already exists. And sometimes it's a bit it feels a bit implausible. So you mentioned that you were working on solutions with legacy players. What? How? Can you talk about which legacy players you've spoken to and what potential solutions might look like? Absolutely. So when we're talking about legacy players, it's very hard to imagine completely changing the music industry without going into every car and ripping out the radio because the music is so ingrained in everything we do, really, that you can't stop it from playing at a bar or playing anywhere. So to completely go from one system to another is, it's in my opinion, it's, it's, like, it's a very monumental task. And I applaud anyone that goes after it, but it's very, very difficult. So we can't really swap out radio and you can't you can't just change licenses and existing copyrights for all the music that already exists because there are millions of songs. So we've been speaking to some legacy players, uh, some bigger copyright holders as well as performing rights organizations. Uh, so to really help them clean up their offices and make them more efficient so that they could provide better service to their artists. So where can people find out more about uh, about Ujo and about what you've got going on over at Consensus, Jesse? So you can head to ujomusic.com to check out the prototype we released last October, as well as sign up for our newsletter where you can receive updates for more information. And you can head to consensus.net for information on anything really at Consensus. Thanks for listening to State Change. Check out consensusmedia.net for more.